it's one of those like really horrible kind of vomit inducing distances because especially the run like it's too you long have to, to go really so sprint. fast right yeah yeah you, you you cannot like pace yourself and like take it easy because it's so short but it's also too long to just like sprint like you're doing a hundred meter sprint so it's that really very difficult wow. <laughs> distance and the funny thing is this is not the distance that I'm really adept at the reason why I'm doing this super short distance is because I sprained my shoulder in September last year and so my swimming uh basically went out the window for like six months and so I thought this year I'll just focus on super sprint because it's nice and short <laughs> and I've ended up qualifying um for age group world championships so oh my gosh yeah. congratulations that's so frigging are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful profitable passionate life I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week, myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Y'all, today's podcast was one of the coolest things ever. So Katira, like Shakira Pasco, reached out to me after she has been listening to this podcast for 18 months and has never one time said a word until one week ago, she reached out to me and left me like a two page paragraph on one of our solo YouTube videos. And I reached back out to her because it meant the world to me that she took a moment to say that I have, you know, helped her make a lot of decisions in her life over the last year and a half of her listening to this podcast. And I cannot tell you what a gift it was to get to connect with her, share her story on this podcast because I know just like you, if you have been a longtime listener to this podcast, you have probably taken a lot from this podcast. And I'm so unbelievably grateful. I've always said it. Thank you for saying hello. Thank you for letting me know that you are here because I do this because I truly, it is part of my soul. This is like my God-given purpose. I tell you guys that all the time. And the fact that Katira reached out and said hello and I got to share her story on this podcast which is so incredible you guys are going to love this woman you are going to resonate with her and you're also going to go over to her YouTube channel and say hello to her because we talked about how much that actually means so you guys I'm so excited for my interview today with Katira Pasco. okay you guys so I just told Kit I was like stop Stop, 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 because this is so damn good. I want this recorded. Um, Kit and I are meeting for the first time. We've only been on a call together for two minutes, but I'm already obsessed with this woman. And I was asking her how she found me because she left the most beautiful comment ever on one of my YouTubes 
where I was feeling like so frustrated and she sent me this comment back and she's like, oh my gosh, I've been listening to you for like over a year. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Are you kidding me? And then we went back and forth and I was like, I need to have you on the podcast. I'm going to get to know everything about you today. I have told you we only have an hour, which is so disappointing because I know I'm just going to want to chat with you for way more than an hour. Obviously, this is going to be so much value to our audience, but I'm just so fucking grateful that you're here. So I know I cut you off, but I just want this recorded because I know it's going to be gold um, for everyone, like, because your story is like my story, which is like probably most everyone else's story as well. In some regards, they can, everyone can always put themselves in the story. So go ahead. How did you find me? What situation were you in? And you guys, this isn't even about me. This is definitely going to be so good, but I just, I know enough about this to know that like, I'm going to be so sad if I didn't hit record. So continue your story. You were a freelance writer and you were going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So I was um, working as a freelance writer and I had been for years, but I was trying to drag myself out of that money mindset where you're like, oh, I'm just a poor person. Like I'm never going to earn that much. I'm lucky that these clients are paying me. I'm lucky that anyone wants to um hire me at all and I don't know like I know where I got that from but I hadn't really realized that I could do anything about it and then I just started I don't know what the first podcast or first article I read about it but you there are so many of these kind of like female empowerment female business empowerment podcasts and articles out there and so I started just I suppose that was probably the first decision really like I'm going to change my mindset about this and do something about it because otherwise my business is just going to flatline and so your podcast was one of those that I found quite early on, I think. And then immediately, <laughs> uh, do you ever find a podcast where you start listening to it and you're like, this is, this is, this is where I need to be. This is exactly what I need to be listening to. And then before you've even like finished listening to that podcast, you're already scrolling through that person's other podcast. And you're like, okay, how do I bookmark this shit? Because I need to listen to that one and that one and that one. <laughs> like even now I go back to, because I have been listening to all of your podcasts for I think about 18 months. And even now it's I go back. trippy for me to like even, you would, okay, so before we hit, uh, record for like the two minutes Katara I mean her full name is Katara but I don't even know how to say it properly so we're gonna go by Kit um but it's and please do say it properly because I want to totally like respect that it's Katira it rhymes with Shakira Katira rhymes with Shakira don't not mm -hmm. feel bad because I've been golfing with guys for like five years and I still forget people's names I'm horrible with names but Kit I can remember um so all, all of that to be said, before we got on uh, hit record, she's like, this is so surreal talking to you. It's so surreal for me to hear you say that you have been listening to my podcast every episode for the last 18 months. And this is the first time ever within the last week that we've even connected. So like, it's just as trippy for me, girl. <laughs> it's so funny because you're always like, I respond to text messages, just send me a text, tell me you're out there, tell me you're listening. But I'm still like, oh, well, no, no, no. She doesn't want to hear from like little old me over in the UK. Like, I mean, she's got much more important people to talk to. But then it was just your podcast last week. And I have been meaning to kind of like text before, but you know, you just get yourself down, don't you? And then it was a podcast last week that I was like, it just spoke to me. And I was on like a grimy bus getting to the co-working space that I work in. And it was like, you know, dirty windows. And I was like, 
just I felt like you were talking to me directly through that podcast and I was like I have to do something back which is you know you're sat there going please talk to me like please tell me you're out there listening watching this on YouTube whatever and I just thought it's actually kind of not good for me to listen to you for all this time and then not say hi I'm out here I appreciate you please keep doing what you're doing oh my gosh like yes the answer is yes so if you because you will soon find out in a moment kit has her own youtube channel she has her own like whole deal but we're going to talk about that in a second but the answer is yes please do do that because like i promise you when i was sitting here and the if you guys don't know what episode it was it was my very first video solo and like if i could turn my computer around to show you right now i finally figured out how to set up like my video to where it's like not gonna move and i was just having such a bad personal day there was just so much bullshit going on and i had to get this solo podcast done and i promised my team for like two months that i was going to do solos on video so they can cut clips and stuff for shorts and all of the shit and I was just like so frustrated that day so I went for a walk and I recorded this damn podcast and in the middle like in the beginning of the podcast I was like you guys I promise you like I'm a fucking human like I do not have all my shit together this is so frustrating this is so hard I please tell me that this like I am not the fucking only one because no matter where you are in the journey, whether you're day one, whether you're dollar one, whether you're, you know, day 2000, you know, $2 million, whatever it is, we all have those moments. Like I have worked with some insanely wealthy people over the years, and I have worked with people who are starting on day one. And I will tell you, everyone is exactly the same. Like I know when you're in the beginning, it feels like once you hit certain level, like you're never going to have those problems again. But the answer is it never fucking goes away, which is like both good and bad in some regards. So all of that to be said, thank you. Thank you for saying hi. Thank you for connecting. Like I'm so fucking grateful that we're getting to do this. Me too. Oh my God. I just, it's, I can't believe it, but I'm so glad. And every single time I've done this in the past, like seen an opportunity I don't know if that's the right word but just seeing something where inside myself I'm like oh I should do that and then my brain is going like oh no don't do it it won't you know whatever and then I do it anyway it always works out so well is it so good I actually did a solo podcast yesterday which you'll probably listen to in the next couple months or whatever it is but it was all about trusting your intuition it was all about like that still small voice. And I even did an Instagram post yesterday, I think it was, or the day before, or whatever it was, but it was like six things that will give you hope. And the number one thing, or like one of the things in the six was the fact that like the answers are inside you if you just listen. And Kit was on that bus and I guess that podcast just spoke to her and she just listened. And now I'm so grateful because I did a little research on you and you are cute as a button. I want to know everything about you because I know that this is going to resonate with my audience. Your story is fucking incredible. Like everything from, you know, hello, you sailed around the fucking world in a yacht for three years. What? you have a book you have a podcast you're like this ultra runner I don't even know like are you an ultra runner are you a triathlete or you're a marathoner what are you you've qualified for like the fucking UK thing like I mean you guys the story is unbelievable and she's afraid to reach out to me I'm like bitch are you kidding me what are we talking about like you are such a big deal I'm so grateful for this uh before we go on please Kit, tell everyone who you are what you do and tell everyone aka me because i am just so obsessed 
Okay, well, um, oh, I don't even know where to begin. But to give a very, very short sum up, I am, yes, I'm a, I've always been a writer, so I've always worked as a writer. And then when I was, um, for clarification, I'm now 34. Um, but when I was 23, I want to say, um, my then boyfriend decided that he wanted to buy a boat and go sailing. And I was not a sailor at all, had never really sailed, uh, get cold very quickly. Um, but too. he... <laughs> so he bought a boat off a family friend of his who was then too old to sail it and I was a very naive and very um go along kind of girlfriend like I was just like oh yes of course I'll do whatever you want and that has its benefits sometimes and it has its downfalls as I will talk about um later I imagine but he bought this boat and then you know I was out of university I was working in a not very interesting job and I became a freelance copywriter in order for us to then take this boat and then go sailing and it was just going to be a couple of months um we you know in for a summer holiday basically so he spent about a year refitting the boat um, and I did a lot of work on the boat as well while I was working as a freelancer and then we eventually left the UK and we started sailing and then we got to the southwest of the UK which was already like a good you know solid few weeks and then we decided to sail south to Spain and basically like while I had never sailed before he had sailed quite a lot before while I had never sailed before once you start going then it kind of just becomes quite easy to continue so uh in the end we ended up spending three years we didn't sail around the world we sailed um down to the Canaries off Africa and then we sailed from the Canaries to the Caribbean across the Atlantic we spent uh, a few months in the West Indies and then sailed over to Panama across the Caribbean Sea uh and then you know you have to wait out hurricane season all of that kind of stuff so we spent six months ish in panama and around there and then we spent about a year i think sailing back to europe again across the atlantic and um you know after a while you learn how to sail quite easily so i wrote a book about that voyage uh and then it was interesting because I actually spent a long time trying to get published and then just couldn't get published at all. And then I kind of gave up for a while and got back to the UK and basically everything in my life changed at that point. And that is the point where, like now I would say that uh, during my 20s, like I was being just like life was happening to me. And while I went on this massive, amazing adventure, um, it, it was an adventure that really happened to me and I did loads and I learned loads and it was great fun and you know all the things but to just steal a phrase of yours because that's how much I listen to you that now I just say all the things as a normal a normal part I'm of my obsessed. speech <laughs> <laughs> so um go back to the UK and then three major things happened really I had a uh, a death in the immediate family which uh, shook kind of everyone to their core I had I got a job, um, an actual job that anchored me in one place, and um, my relationship of then seven years by this point had effectively broken down, and that all happened in about two months. <laughs> and cow. so, when that kind of stuff happens, obviously that is really a decision kind of time. And then everything that has happened since, and this was all sort of like 2017, 2018 that I got back into the UK. Everything that's happened since, I would say, puts that whole trip and adventure and everything I did there into a, just a different world. Like now, everything in my life is so much better. And it's 
you know, I will explain why, but, you know, everything with the running, I am not an ultra runner, I am a trail runner. So, you know, I just enjoy running off-road really. But, and then I do triathlon as well. And I've recently just qualified to represent Great Britain in the age group super sprint triathlon uh, in the world championships this year. <laughs> so does that mean you go uh, really fast? super sprint does that mean like a super fast triathlon for us dummies who don't know shit about shit is that what that means yeah so it's the fastest and shortest version of a triathlon oh my so, god um so you're supposed to go really fast uh unfortunately i'm not the fastest person in the world <laughs> but i have managed to qualify so there's that but yeah it's the fastest and shortest it's incredibly short and so you are yeah yeah going... yeah like incredibly short is me walking from here to my mailbox like let's be real um for those who of us who really do and by the way did you listen to the podcast i did with leah i'm assuming you did leah thorvalson yes. okay so yeah. leah's like one of my best buddies so she would probably like dig on you right now you guys could be really close she'd understand everything that you're saying but how ultra short for those of you who are watching on youtube this is quotes how ultra short is this triathlon? Well, usually super sprint and um, I'm doing the British championships in August. So normally super sprint is about three to 400 meter swim. Um, and then it is about 10 to 12 kilometer. What's that in miles? I'm not even sure. Maybe like eight miles on a bike. And then normally about two and a half kilometer um, run, which... I work in miles as well, but I only run in cycling kilometers. Very confusing. But the World Championships is actually like half of that. So it is a 300 meter swim and then in open water. And then the bike is six kilometers, so maybe four miles or something. And then it's a one mile run at the end. So it is one of those like really horrible kind of vomit inducing distances because especially the run, like, it's too you long have to, go to really so fast right yeah yeah you, you you cannot like pace yourself and like take it easy because it's so short but it's also too long to just like sprint like you're doing a 100 meter sprint so it's that really very difficult wow. <laughs> distance and the funny thing is this is not the distance that I'm really adept at the reason why I'm doing this super short distance is because I sprained my shoulder in September last year and so my swimming uh basically went out the window for like six months and so I thought this year I'll just focus on super sprint because it's nice and short <laughs> and I've ended up qualifying um for age group world championships so oh my gosh yeah. congratulations that's so friggin' cool thank um, you okay going back because I feel like that probably that two month period where and because everyone's going to resonate with this like we've all had those like rock bottom moments mine was 27 years old blah 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 you know that anyone who's listened to the podcast definitely knows that you I'm assuming your kind of moment was like that loss of a family member loss of a relationship starting a new job that moment and something that you wrote in your podcast intake form that I really loved was the fact that you said like you would think my story was the fact that I sailed around, well, not around the world, but in my book, you've sailed around the world. <laughs> like that's a world enough, like half the world, we're just going to call it the world. I'm an exaggerator. We all know that. So like you've sailed around most of the world for three years on a boat, like you win. You would think that that would be the biggest part of this story. But for you, something that you said that I really loved was that as big as that was, the real part of the story now that's like the best part of the story is that you are now living very intentionally because you made a decision to do so. So kind of let's pick up right after that. So after that two month period, 
what were the, some of the decisions that you really had to make? And like, what was like the real momentum mover in your life to get you to where you are today, where you're very, like, it seems like you're very much in alignment because you're making very intentional choices with your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I, so going right back, like I was a really intentional child. Um, so I had like loads of stuff going on when I was a kid. I wanted to be an actor. So I joined like several drama groups. By the time I was 13, I had like all these university prospectuses for different places around the country that I wanted to go to. I knew what I wanted and I really was making plans like by myself. Like my parents were like, sure, whatever you want to do, like just whatever. We don't even have an idea what you're talking about. And I was just making all these little plans. But when I got to my late teens, I started like drinking quite heavily. And then I went to university and continued drinking really heavily. And in the UK, and I know it's the same in other cultures as well, but in Britain, it's like drinking culture at university in your 20s is huge. Like it's a real, real big part of people's lives. And I basically stopped like making any decisions for myself and just basically prioritized like having a good time and partying and drinking. And I was not a good drinker. Like it, like lots of people can handle it nicely and they do it because they enjoy it. I was not that kind of person. And so this had been a problem for me without me really knowing or being able to put it into words throughout my 20s. And then I got back to the UK and all this stuff happened in these two months. And then this was like October, November kind of time. And then it got into December and I just wasn't coping with anything at all, was drinking super heavily. And then I remember just like having this Christmas day at my friend's house because I couldn't face going home because of, you know, the grief that that entailed. And my, you know, partner of seven years had left, he was in a foreign country by this point, and everything was just out completely out of my control. And so I was drinking and then I realized that, well, that is that that means I'm out of my control as well. And so I I literally like made the decision, like I can handle this in two ways. I can continue the path I'm going and just never have any control at all and never live my own life or I can quit and then if I quit alcohol then I can at least deal with the grief of um, the death and the grief of the relationship breakdown I can deal with all of that as me as a, as me as a person rather than me as a you know drinker or whatever so I I genuinely just quit and that for me, that entailed, you know, not going out for New Year's Eve. I spent that in my room in the house share that I re uh, was renting. I didn't go out at all with any friends for a couple of months. So I wouldn't be, you know, tempted. Um, you know, pub culture is pretty big here. Um, but I just did not, didn't go out. And after just a few weeks of that, I, even then, that decision to just like, I need to start looking after myself because nobody is going to do that for me. And I'm going to stay in this like sort of small-minded living situation um if I don't control my life and if I let this thing control me because the moment you start giving your control over to something else or somebody else like it's really a slippery slope from there and I gave up drinking and then you know within a few weeks a few months I just started doing other things because I was like well if I can do that which is quite a difficult thing in society um because people just, you know, if you give up smoking, people will pat you on the back. If you give up drinking, people will ask you when you're going to, you know, when are you going to start? When are you going to be interesting and fun again? 
so I thought, well, if I can give up that, then what else can I do? Um, so I decided that, no, I wasn't going to put up with the fact that I'd written this book and it wasn't going to get published. So I made a plan and I sent it to very specific publishers that I really considered and was really intentional about. They specialized in sailing books for a start. Like before, I was like, oh, Penguin, Bloomsbury, all the big names in publishing. Not being intentional at all, just letting my ego run it. Uh, so I got really intentional about that. And then a couple of weeks after I sent that book proposal off, I got two offers for book deals in the same, I think the same day, actually. It was ridiculous. No, it's not. It makes um, so much sense. Like this whole thing, I'm just sitting here smiling. I'm like, yep, she's checking this box. Like she's checking this box. Like, let's just kind of like point it out. Like number one, you made the decision that you were going to quit drinking. Number two, you took personal responsibility for your life. Like most people underestimate that one thing so, so much. Like mm -hmm. you have the power to decide. I say this all the time, but I think that there's moments in people's lives, whether they're 14 or 65, it doesn't matter. At some point in time, you're going to, hopefully everyone has it. Not everyone does, but it's a small percentage, but you're going to have this moment where you're just like, oh fuck. Like it's not my boyfriend's fault. It's not my mom's fault. It's not my husband's fault. It's not my sister's fault. Like it's like all of those things happen, but like at the end of the day, this is my fucking job and it is the best and the hardest thing that'll ever happen to most people. Because when you realize like Kit realized, oh fuck, like it is my job. It is like one of like those moments in life that it just smacks you right in the face. And it's so hard because for so many years, it's, you know, most people have the like, well, if this wouldn't have happened or if this would have done or whatever, but it's like literally your decision to do something different. And I love the fact that you understood, especially with your culture, you know, United States is very much the same. I'm originally from Canada, whatever. It's very much the same. I remember when our best, one of our best couple friends, you know, we called him hammer for so many years. He was a, and he, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me sharing this. Most people won't know who he is, but he's been sober, I think for 16 years now. And I remember the day he got sober, but I'll tell you that. And it was very much like yourself. It was like done the, I remember it to AT. It was a Sunday, the probably April 17th, because my husband's birthday was the Saturday and it's been about 16 years now. And I remember the day it actually happened, but he did very similar to what you did, which was literally basically didn't see him. He got a dog. So he had an excuse every single day to go for a walk and take care of himself. He dove into his faith. That's like one of the things that he did, but he was like, for almost like a couple of years, I think he was very much like did everything the exact opposite, stayed away from certain people. Now he can be around people who drink and stuff like that. I mean, it's been 16 years, but I'm just, that's so cool that you did that and you should be super proud. And then the book thing, you got so intentional, right? And then the universe is like, oh, hi. Okay, cool. You're doing the thing now. Let us support you. The decision, faith and action part. You made the decision. You took the aligned action and now boom, it's happening. Oh my gosh, you guys keep going. I'm loving this. Here we are. Let's go. It was pretty incredible. And I, like, I didn't even, I couldn't even believe that suddenly, you know, this publisher was just like, yes, we want the book. We love it. Brilliant. Come on, let's do this. Let's do this. And 
I was I remember looking back and thinking god if I hadn't have made that decision you know this book would be languishing in a in the metaphorical drawer for the rest of time because you know I didn't get intentional about it but because I did actually make that decision all this stuff happened so the book was launched at the Southampton Boat Show which in Europe and the UK is a huge huge boat show and I share a publisher with Robin Knox Johnston who was um the first person one of the first people um to sail around the world he he did it in the 60s as part of the golden globe race so he's kind of like a bit of a huge deal in the sailing world and you know i'm stood there next to him and he's like chatting to me about my book and oh my god just absolutely incredible and so that was september 2018 uh like what is this now like nine months after like the shit had hit the fan big time and my life was completely different. Like on the face of it, it didn't look that different. You know, I was just working like a kind of like average job, whatever. But I had made, I was back in control. And when I look back now to my twenties, I realized that from this really intentional driven child, I just late teens, I just stopped doing anything for myself and started living according to what I thought other people wanted me to do, what other people wanted me to be, you know, like, I was so impressionable and just gave up everything, you know, at the drop of a hat. And then when I started taking control of my life again, I kind of came back to myself and realized that, oh, I am a, an individual person and I can say no to things and I can live the life that I want to live. And then when I started doing that, you know, all these things started falling into place. I, I felt just happier in general. My book deal had come along. And then in September, I wanted to do something physical because I was quite an active child. I grew up in a kind of like amateur athletic family. So both my parents are and were cyclists and um, cyclocross racers. And that's kind of like an off-road type of bike race. But I was quite an active child and then I just didn't do anything. I mean, yes, sailing is active, but it was a, you know, a 10 meter cruising yacht. So really like you just sit around and watch the sails and hope everything's going to be fine. Not like physical. So I wanted to do something for myself and my sister is an absolutely outstanding runner and she happens to be the same height and build as I am. So I was like, well, if my sister can run, then maybe I can run too. And I started running just, you know, I would leave the house really early in the morning, like before many other people were up so they wouldn't see how terrible I was as a runner. And I could honestly run like 500 meters and then I would have to stop and walk. And I continued that way for like a couple of months because every time I got back to my house, I'd run like you know, three kilometers or something, um, like one and a half miles, two miles, whatever. So I would like run, walk the whole thing. And every time I get back to my house, I would feel on top of the world, even though like it'd take me ages and I kept having to stop. And then I like in January of the following year, I got caught on this like little canal path, narrow footpath behind these two women who were running in front of me and they were running slower than I was. And I couldn't run past them because I knew I'd just have to stop and walk for a bit and it would be a bit embarrassing. So I ran behind them and just matched their pace the whole way. And that was the first day that I ran a five uh, five kilometer route completely without stopping. And I was like, oh, running is not sprinting. It's it's not the same thing. Um, and then once I made that realization that running is actually just like basically moving faster than walking speed, then... Uh, I just kept running and I ran further and further um, all the time because it gave me that headspace 
to just be you know outside my head and like in my body and out in nature but also that incredible feeling that you've done it for yourself and like you get home and you're like oh my god look at what my body is capable of like look at how strong it can be when I treat it well and that was a real uh life-changing sort of realization for me game changer right there that you're doing it Hey y'all, it's Christina. If you've listened to this podcast a while, you've probably heard me talk about my clients. And the reason for that is I'm obsessed with them and they're obsessed with their results. Having been a one-on-one coach for over five and a half years and being voted the top confidence coach in 2020, I can firmly tell you there is not a faster way to success than having someone hold you consistent, confident, and give you the clarity you need to achieve your personal and professional goals. In 2023, I am doing something that no one else in the coaching industry does, and that's allowing you to have me as your one-on-one coach for less than $300 a month. So if you've ever thought about one-on-one coaching and didn't think it was possible for you, I would encourage you to text me the word COACH to 501-222-3362, and I can tell you what it would look like to have you and I together in a one-on-one coaching capacity for the next year to make sure you are deciding it is your turn to hit the goals that you have decided for in 2023. Again, text me the word coach to 501-222-3362. You can send me a message on Instagram at bchristina or check the show notes for more details. I look forward to hearing from you. You know, it's interesting that you say that it's reminding me of the way I used to work out, which was almost like punishment. Like, obviously, you know, that like I had an eating disorder, did not like myself whatsoever. And for me, working out was like, I remember times like, and this is so sad. And this could be triggering to some people who like deal with this kind of stuff. But I remember being in like, full convulsions, like, crazy Christina if I couldn't work out in a day like I remember it was like I don't know Christmas day or Thanksgiving and the gym was closed and I literally couldn't even catch my breath because I was so afraid of what was going to happen because that to me was like the control it was the thing that I can control right and that was like many years ago thank god but I like even Nathan was with me at that time and I remember getting in full out fights with him because I was like I had to work out like I had to do it it was like a compulsive thing because I was just so afraid of like and I think you know when you're in those time whether it's working out or eating or whatever it is it's like it's the control but you're so out of control right it's like kind of the mm-hmm. both but now for me getting to work out is like I feel like I'm taking care of my body for the first time. It's like, I'm moving my body. So like literally I only have two goals. Can I like be active at 85 years old? You know, can I be like my neighbor Joyce gardening at 85 years old? And like, I remember lately, um, you know, everyone's talking about this weight loss drug lately. And, uh, I re- the, who is it? Charles Barkley. He's a big, you know, prof- he used to play Uh, basketball, but he's now a sports commentator. And something that he said really resonated. And he said, there's a lot of fat young people, but there's zero fat old people because you don't, you know, you're not heavy and staying alive to a late part of your life. And that can be triggering to some people, but it's true. I mean, you have to take care of yourself. I know we're in this body positivity, you know, I think it's gone a little bit extreme. Like we have to physically take care of ourselves. Like 
it's such a blessing to be able to move your body and stay healthy. And health is the one thing that like, no one can, you, you can't, money can't fix that most of the time. And so I really now it's just a nice flip of the script that you are able to like run and be like, oh my God, this is for me. And it's so healthy and I feel so good. And yeah, it's amazing when you can kind of get to that spot. And it's not, it's actually, I, and that is exactly the same thing. Like I'm not running for speed. I'm not running for performance. Like, yes, I do these triathlons and yes, I have qualified for these events, but um, not because I'm super amazing or because I'm doing it for performance. I don't really like, run, I don't really train that effectively because I train in a way that suits my life, my personality, what brings me joy. Like I run for joy and that's why I'm a trail runner. So um, I don't often run on roads or pavement or things like that. Like I'm really lucky I moved out to just outside of the city and I now live on the very edge of a national park. And so from my house, like it's literally a hundred meters until I hit the trails in the forest. Uh, and the riverside trails and all of that and I and the reason why I love running on trails and up on the moorland is because I'm just bounding about skipping for joy because I'm just like oh hello squirrel hello cow like hello sheep like I just I'm in it for the joy because it's it's me taking care of my body like yes I can do some punishing workouts when I want to but it's never because I feel like oh you must be fit you must be fast you must be like better than you were before no like I do these things because it uplifts me it doesn't like drag me down like I'm not weaponizing it against myself which is what I have done in the past um but now I just do these things for the sheer hell of it and that is why um when I started triathlon it wasn't because it's like again like I'm not even being modest here like I'm not a great athlete or anything but um I found it like I literally watched a YouTube video of an amazing British triathlete and she is genuinely world-class, but she's just, she takes so much joy in it. And I found that particular part of it super inspiring. And I was like, well, I can already swim. Um, I already, like I've always ridden the bike, so that's fine. And I have been running for a few years. So, hey, maybe I can just put these three things together, do a local triathlon um, and just for the fun of it, because it's a ridiculous thing. Like you're just, running around cycling around in lycra like come on like it's ridiculous right it's just the sheer joy of it that's what people say about golf like if you don't know anything about golf they're like it's and it really is like kind of the stupidest thing ever like whack a ball into a hole like none of this really makes sense how do you know where to go like what's the penalty what's not but now golf i mean I only do it now just because I love the guys that I play with to me. Like that's the best part. Like I don't really go play golf just to like go play golf. Like I like golf because of the competitiveness of it, but like the way that you kind of think about your running is the way that I think about my golf. Like I just love being out there. Like I, it's so hot here right now. It's like 112 degrees and everyone's bitching about it. And I love it. Like the hotter, the better. And I'm playing like dog shit at the moment, which really sucks. But I'm also just like so grateful to be out there. And anytime I just, you know, I've got a chance to win. Like I just love the action. Like to me, it's just like one of the greatest things ever. So it's kind of like the same thing for you. Right. And I want everyone to realize that, like, I want everyone to like decide that that's the thing that they're going to have in their life, whether it be running, whether it be writing, whether it be acting, whether it be athletics, like what is the thing to you find that thing that brings you that much joy and just decide you're going to do it, whether anyone understands it or not, you know, this is kind of like a bit of a twist, but 
How did it go for you? And because I think that this is an important part. This is a question I get all the time. Like the reaction to you doing things differently, either it be quitting alcohol, making different life decisions. Like how did you handle that? How did that go? What's your experience? With the giving up alcohol, that was really interesting actually because um, I got a huge amount of pushback for that. I'm sure. I'm uh, sure. <laughs> A lot of people were very much like, you know, when are you going to be, uh, when are you going to drink again? Because, you know, when are you going to come out drinking with us? And, you know, a lot of my friends at the time, like they didn't like, they drank a lot, sure, but like they didn't struggle with it in the same way that I uh, did, I didn't think. But you can't, it felt like they thought that my giving up was a criticism of them drinking. And so I'd get a lot of these questions. There was no congratulations. Like when I said, you know, this is a problem for me, like, it's making me a worse person, and so giving up makes me a better person, they couldn't quite get on board with that, and they, you know, did, and then have now, and like, now, as we've, you know, got older and got into our 30s, a lot of people actually, or they have kids or something, and they're like, oh yeah, I hardly drink at all anymore, but I also have people who have flatly, like, denied my experience, I'm like, oh, you didn't have a problem, and I'm like, no, no, I did, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like, if I was celebrating, I would drink. If I was commiserating, I would drink. If I was unhappy or bored or lonely, you know, all these things, or just anxious, then alcohol was the way I dealt with things. And for me, like, using alcohol to deal with things is not dealing with things, you know? And because in this country, like, you drink from 18, which means you you genuinely start drinking from, like, 15 at house parties and stuff. So you never actually learn as an adult how to deal with difficult situations in your life because alcohol is always there to help you along but when you take away the alcohol and you have to confront these situations you know stone cold sober and who you actually are that's when you start learning and realizing that oh I don't need alcohol to help me with this uncomfortable situation or this uncomfortable feeling actually I can sit with this feeling in myself and then work out how like where I'm going to go next how I'm going to deal with this thing or react to this or whatever and giving up that kind of like crutch for me was such a powerful moment and when like as the months went by I got more of my friends sort of saying oh yeah actually that sounds really good I think I should maybe you know cut back or stop drinking or whatever um or just you know any of these things and taking control so it's like I also did a lot of like acting when I was a child and that's what I studied at college and then I again that was something I completely gave up in my 20s completely gave up all acting even though it was absolutely the single love of my life when I was a teenager and I devoted so much of my time to it and then when I got back and I made all these decisions and I started taking control of my life I was like you know what one of the the most enjoyable moments of my life was, you know, being in college productions and like coming off stage and you and all the cast, are, like you're so like uplifted and you feel so brilliant because you've just done this quite scary thing. And so like I just got some headshots done, <laughs> like um, put my name out on all these like amateur sites and like almost immediately um, got cast in three separate feature films, like the kind of like low budget horror films. It's a whole genre in itself. It's brilliant and hilarious. And I just immediately like got this, these acting parts and had so much fun with them. And I remember one of my friends saying, she's like, you've only been back in the country for six months. You haven't acted for 10 years. And now you're suddenly in these films. Like, how have you managed this? Like, like how? And I was like, 
just made the decision. Like I just. Oh! oh my god you're like fucking walking brand I'm so obsessed right now yes it's so true but you because when you make that decision then you see the opportunities and you put yourself in a position to to find and be found for those opportunities because if you think oh well I mean I would like to do that but like that never happens to me or I could never do it or I'm not good enough whatever then you don't put yourself forward and you don't talk to the people that you need to and when you spot someone like hilariously I was looking at drama like theater groups the other day and uh I work in a co-working space so complete strangers are around me but people tend to come back um every sort of week so you get to recognize people's faces and I was like looking at this theater group's Facebook profile to see like how like where they were active and a guy I was sat next to last week was cast in one of those plays and I was just like wait a minute and so because I'm like just I'm out there I'm looking for these opportunities and so you make these connections and so when you make that decision then you know there's no magic to it it's just when you make that decision you're suddenly looking at the world through the eyes of someone who's like no no I'm gonna do some acting like I'm not gonna go to Hollywood or anything I just enjoy acting here and there so but you have no idea I'm... if Ho- no, no 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 don't stop that because you don't know <laughs> that Hollywood could be like the next you know I don't know is faith a part of your world faith universe woo woo guru I it is on some level for sure okay yeah. absolutely so you never know one touch of God's favor could totally change things. And because you're so intentional about it right now, right? It's like, you're so in it because like, you're so laser focused on it. That It's like that whole thing, you know, like when perfect example, I just got a, um, a new vehicle. I have never in my life seen a matte black vehicle. Bitch, I have seen three matte black vehicles in my city now over the last week. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? I thought I was the only one with the matte black wrong because now that's where my focus is, right? And so what my Mm -hmm. focus is on, what your focus is on is what you're now finding. So you are focusing in on this, you know, acting Facebook group. And it's amazing. Yep. The guy is sitting right behind, right beside you. Like you're going to see someone else in the next week. It's just... That's just the way it works. And you guys, you could simply try this. Literally, think about one thing. I had my one of my clients do this just the other day. I was like, what is the most, ra- I have a, trainers, uh, dog trainers. And I was like, what's the most random dog you could ever find? And I'm like, focus in on that. I promise you that shit's going to either pop up on your internet or going to walk through your door or you're going to see it. It's what you focus on is what you find. Like it is literally science behind this. Like it is just so, oh, I've, I'm just so excited to get to talk to you this is so good um so are you acting like full-time now? like what do you do full-time I don't even know what you do full-time are you still writing full-time yeah so I no I'm not acting full-time at all I don't like intend to I just like to do it for fun it's like a hobby um and I just end up in like random films occasionally uh no I so I work full-time for a company called Kamut they are a massive German company but they we like work all over the world um, it's kind of like a hiking, cycling, navigation app that you have on your phone. And this is also hilarious and kind of like justice, where you put your focus, that's where you will find, you know, everything. I when I was a freelance writer, so I specialize in like writing content and copy for outdoor um businesses, like, you know, outdoor sports, that kind of stuff. 
So for several years, I was working for them as a freelance writer and loved it, loved the team, loved the product so much. It was just so great. Actually, it's funny listening to Leah's um Oh my gosh, yes, I'm thinking of Z or Zwift. Zwift. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking of the exact same story with her, but go ahead. I love Zwift and I train on them um, on like, my turbo in the garage with Zwift all the time. But yes, yeah, so it's a very similar thing. Like I just like loved the product, was working for them as a freelance writer, which I can't even remember how I found that gig in the first place, but that felt like this piece of gold dust. And this, by the way, happened after all these decisions were made. So I had made a decision to, you know, take my freelance writing business. You know, I wanted to focus it instead of taking like any work I could get. I wanted to focus on getting the work in the industry that I really wanted to work in. And, you know, I love cycling, love being outdoors. So I wanted to work in that industry. So I started working for Camus and then um, did that for a couple of years with lots of other clients as well. And then it got to last September, so September 2022. And I was looking at their jobs website and I wasn't, I was intending on moving away from being a freelancer because I found I could never switch my brain off and I could never take a holiday um, because I just, I couldn't, uh, you know, I'm sure yes, you know. Yes, part of <laughs> occupational hazard. Yes, I know. My husband and I are the, that's exactly, you've got to be, you've got to be okay with knowing that like, literally my husband and I've been together 20 years. He has turned off his phone half a day. The day we got married, he turned off his phone at 10 o'clock and didn't open until the next day. That is the only day. And so like, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like, I think there's pluses and minuses to both, but yes, if you if you do not know how to compartmentalize it and just say, fuck it for a minute, it's very hard to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah. And I loved it. I just needed a break. And I also needed to push myself because I got to the stage like with my clients where I um, I was doing like larger and larger projects, but I just kind of got the fear a little bit, I like to call it like, oh, I don't know, you know, they want me to write that, but I don't know if I can, blah, blah. So I knew that if I went in-house for a time, then it would push my writing so much more in the kind of like um, copywriting and content space and doing like big campaigns and all that kind of stuff that you just can't access as easily as a freelancer. So like I just wandered onto their job page one day because this is a company that I love. So um, I didn't want to give them up as a client, you know, so I thought, well, maybe, maybe they'll be hiring for, you know, me full time. And they were. <laughs> and it was insane. So they were hiring a brand copywriter. I went immediately to like my content, uh, my contact at the company. And I said, you know, is this still open? Like, can I apply? And like, I don't want to go behind your back because, you know, I'm your freelancer. And she said, oh, yeah, I'll ask them. So she asked them and they were like, oh, no, sorry, we're like just going through the contract signing um, sort of situation with somebody else. And so I was like, oh, well, OK, I guess that isn't the job for me. And then a few weeks went by and um, I <laughs> and she got in touch with me and she said, oh, by the way, that fell through. So, you know, if you want to apply, go, go for it. Well, I the same day, like within the same hour yeah. I think I wrote this application um sent it off and then within a few weeks like they've been trying to look for this person for quite a long time and they really they only want to hire perfect people for each role like they really respect um every single person who works for them so they put so much effort into hiring the right person for each role so they've been hiring for a long time and then I come along and then I go through this interview process caught COVID did both the interviews with COVID like through zoom like oh I feel so terrible um and then I got that job so I'm the brand copywriter at Commute, which is fantastic for me because I just get to share my passion and the company's passion for getting other people 
outdoors into nature and realizing like how easy people can do that and helping them find the routes and the hikes and all that kind of stuff that can help them do that okay I'm obsessed with this and I know everyone's gonna be obsessed obsessed with you we only have a few minutes left and I want people to know so tell me a little bit about uh two things number one tell me a little bit about your YouTube channel like how did this come about because I'm just like super curious I'm assuming again it was just like a decision this sounds super fun but tell me so with YouTube that was a real like I have so many interests and so many things that I want to do, but obviously like sometimes you have to compromise. But then when YouTube exists and your interests are what my interests are, you don't have to compromise and you can just build your own space, you know? So I love being on camera. Like that's, you know, that's just the reality. I love, love the sound of my own voice. I like talking to people. I like sharing, you know, my experience and things like that. I also love running and cycling and I'm really passionate about encouraging other people like they do you have to be a sporty person like I don't consider myself a sporty person I just like being outdoors I'm not as I've said I'm not fast I'm not that athletic I just do these things because I love it and I happen to have got where I am today for the joy of it and the fact that getting outside all the time makes me a better person and it brings me the mental headspace that I need so I thought I would combine those two things and make a YouTube channel and, you know, I, I enjoy like video editing. I've just taught myself whatever it is on iMovie. YouTube will teach you anything you want to know about video editing. So I thought, you know, why not? And the first couple of videos I made, like I was, you know, I enjoy being on camera, but it's, you, you know, it's insane, isn't it? Like when there's just a camera and you in the room. And, and you're, you're talking like, oh. to yourself. It's like the most annoying thing ever. Like I'm so bummed that I have to do it. But like now that I'm doing it, I'm just trying to look at the camera and not because my camera is above my computer and I'm really trying not to look at myself because it's like the most fucked up thing ever. Like I love getting to talk to you and I know I'm on the screen, but like talking yourself for two hours like I am like when I do speeches like I can I do like the quick keynote speech for like 15 to 30 minutes at whatever they want and then when we do Q&A oh my god I could do that for four hours because I feel like I'm talking to someone but like keynote speeches are fucking hard one of my great clients is one of the best keynote speech speakers like so fucking good and I'm like bravo it is so hard to talk to yourself <laughs> It really is. Like you feel like such it like sometimes I'm like laughing to myself in my kitchen, like with a camera there, and I'm like, oh exactly. god. The, the exactly. Cat is like, what are you doing? Um so it's very bizarre, but it does it does get easier. Yeah. And now like I by you know, I have to cut down my editing time because I'm just like rambling on. But yeah. I just love doing it and I love going out there and running. It's just like me and a GoPro and like yeah. passing some dog walkers and hoping they're doing not judging me. But like just running along and showing like how fun it is to just be outside like after work going for a 5k run in the woods like whatever and like you know nobody's fucking watching these things like today I've got I think 175 subscribers and I've been doing this for like a year and a half awesome awesome <laughs> awesome and one touch of God's favor that could blow the hell up and you never know where it's gonna go like yes to the yes I'm so proud of you honestly like just one when one person is like oh why do you only have this many subscribers you're so good please keep doing it or someone's like oh thanks so much like you made me want to go out for a run today that's all I need and yeah, then I'm like that's and fine that's why like I honestly I got your comment so Kit is like six hours ahead of me and I woke up you know guys know I wake up super early but like I got the comment and like I don't know when my team posted it on YouTube Jake my great YouTube guy he posted it or something and then I woke up the next moment or next morning and I've only really had like maybe a dozen comments over the last I think we've been doing this four or five months now but um 
And so I woke up and sometimes they're shitty comments. Sometimes they're fine. You know, again, there's not a ton. And yours was like a freaking half a page of a book. And I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed. Thank you. And I immediately emailed you back. And I was like, I would love to have you on the podcast. Cause that was just like, number one, it took so much bravery for you to actually like, you know, send me a message, say hello, like, give me your feedback. Tell me that you've been listening for like over the last year, which is like mind blowing to me because just as, as you know, like you said in the beginning, just as weird as this is for you to be talking to me, it's so weird for me to be talking to you because I feel like you know me and I've never talked to you before. So it's such a gift. So all of that to be said, you guys, I hope this gives you inspiration to comment on Kit's YouTube, comment on my YouTube, because when you're starting in the beginning, no matter how far along the journey and no matter what you think of that other person, yes, there could be assholes on the other side, but Kit and I are not assholes and we really, really appreciate it. Please say hello. <laughs> um, before we end, I'd love to know, I know obviously one of the biggest decisions you've ever made is um, quitting drinking and deciding to take control of your life. But you know, I feel like that's going to be the the name of my SEO person has to probably use, you know, taking control of your life. What does the next phase of Kit's life look like? Obviously, we could have done two hours of this podcast to get to know you a little bit more. But what does that next phase look like? What is the next decision to be made? What are you most excited about? I think the next decision is what I'm going to do creatively now. So I've written like my first book about sailing and then and books... it's called in bed with the Atlantic, correct? Yeah. In okay. bed with the Atlantic and you can buy it in the U S well. Perfect. Um... We can get it on Amazon. I'm assuming. <laughs> yep. You sure can. Fabulous. Be sure to uh... check that out. Yes, please. And um, so that was like, you know, a huge deal for me and I have written books in between, but they were like commissioned books for publishers. So they weren't my book. So I think that my next step, my next decision is to, you know, go like uh, plan my next creative endeavor. So the next book probably I'm going to write. Um, and I think, you know, it's probably going to be something about this sort of thing, like taking control of your life. And we get very hung up on the big adventures that everyone posts on Instagram and everything. And sailing was a huge adventure for me, but it wasn't me, you know, and like now I'm living my life uh and I think my next creative endeavor is going to be something along those lines oh I'm so excited I'm so grateful that you reached out this is such it literally we've been going 55 minutes and it's just been so beautiful I know so many people are going to resonate with it because you know no matter what side of the pond we're on no matter what side of the screen we're on I feel like people who listen to this podcast are probably feeling similar to the way that you and I did. You guys, like I always tell you, put yourself in the story. Maybe it wasn't alcohol. Maybe it was social media. Maybe it was the stories. Maybe it was the money mindset that we didn't even have time to dive into, mm. but it's just like making the decision. You guys, Kit, I'm so, so grateful. If everyone wants to check out your YouTube channel, get the book. I know you're not huge on social media, but tell us all where we can just find you. So you can find me on YouTube. Um, it's at Kit Pasco. So that's K-I-T-P-A-S-C-O-E. And then I'm on Instagram, which is at Katira Pasco. It's my full name, which is K-I-T-I-A-R-A-P-A-S-C-O-E. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. Hopefully, it will be. It's terrible to spell. Um, yeah, so follow me on those places. The book, you know, In Bed with the Atlantic. Um, it's under my full name, Katira Pasco, but you can find it on Amazon or you know, wherever. And thank you so much. Christina. Oh my gosh, thank such a so gift. Much. 
thank you thank you thank you you guys please 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 share this with someone because we know we're all gonna need it Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.